guys, here's the truth. Aaron Rodgers, I'll see you in Denver this next season. Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there in the world? Welcome back into the Sports Buffoons studios out here in Lenexa, Kansas. We got the boys, JG. We got Tanner Dawson. What's up, fellas? What's up, everybody? What's up, yo? JG doing the double tomahawk chop. You were doing a lot of that this past weekend, I think. Uh, <laughs> hanging out at Twin Peaks and getting a little crazy watching that Chiefs-Bills game. I mean, it was worth it. So, I don't blame you, man. Uh, I, did what I, I did what I had to do besides losing my voice. That yeah, was the first did, thing it, I lost. It's been, lost like, it's been like three days. You still lost your voice after three days? Uh, it's starting to come back. It's starting to come back. <laughs> but, you know, I, I got to take one for the team, man. Like, I'm in charge of winning games, I feel like. I see. And happy birthday, by the way. So, everyone, round of applause. JG birthday. Up, you need another one? We're still on alive. Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday, I need another birthday present. Another one. Another one. And another one. And another one. That's what I thought. Gosh, I love it. Uh, what are you guys sipping on right now? We have a lot to get into today. Yeah, I just got some whiskey club soda. It's classic, you know. You always do whiskey and club soda, Tan. Yeah, it's good for you. Get rid of the dark pop, dude. <laughs> I had to go with the here. Maker's Mark, baby. Maker's. That's Maker's stuff. I'm back on the wild turkey, you guys, because I'm just feeling a little frisky. And 101 is the only way to go. The 81 stuff just isn't enough for me. Wild so. turkey is never a bad thing. As a true buffoon, you got to get the higher alcohol stuff. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, high ABV. Otherwise, it's a sissy drink. I agree. <laughs> Anything under ten percent is a is a what do you call it? A, a sissy drink. A sissy drink. Okay, got you. Got you very much. All right, sounds great, guys. We're gonna be talking about obviously today in the NFL matchups of the week. You got the championship game, both NFC and AFC. Rams, 49ers, Chiefs, Bengals. Then we're gonna talk a little bit about our thoughts on the future of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for a bit, as well as. Jason has a little rant about Big Poppy going to the MLB Hall of Fame. So for the first time in a long time, we're going to talk about baseball today. So yeah. that'll be cool for a minute, right? Yeah, I, I'm uh, excited. For Tanner that. wanted to talk about KU, but we're not doing that. Yeah, so. I mean, did you guys not see those games that happened last uh, weekend? Hey, I, I saw fabulous. it. Went two overtimes, Texas Tech and KU. Oh, All right. my God. Well, I mean, after, so after a Chiefs win in, in overtime, then I had double overtime and Texas Tech the next night. I, I mean, you, I can't sleep on Monday after mm-hmm. that. So it was our, insane. Our main keys today, though, is we're going to be talking about betting coming up yes. for this weekend's games, weekend's actions. We have the betting lines, we have the spreads, we have the over unders. We have all you need. This past week, I was seven and one. By the way, uh, of the of the, all the calls of the weekend games. And then so far this playoff season, I'm nine and one overall. So guys, I'm on the right track. I got two more, or actually, I got four more predictions for you guys this evening. So stick around for that. Uh, but first and foremost, Tanner, we saw Patrick Mahomes' fiance running around, spraying a little champagne everywhere. Chris Jones jumping in the crowd, put, pouring a beer all over his face. Uh, maybe you have a little footage of that, Tanner. All right, let's see what I can dig up. <laughs>
Now, JG, I could see you doing something like that. Damn, dude. You the only the only question I have is, would you rather celebrate early, like the Buffalo Bills, or would you rather celebrate like that? Or even like well, this, man. Like there's you, another one. You saw the Bills uh, sideline already hugging each other, high five with mm-hmm. 13 seconds left. They were starting to wave goodbye to the but Chiefs fans. Chris Jones does it right. <laughs> I so watching that, you guys. Now people were hating on Britney and all that, and of course, no one said anything about Chris Jones, but you know, for spraying the champagne all over the place. But my thought then at that point was, what would you rather go home smelling like? A beer, champagne, whiskey? What would be the alcohol of choice to get doused in after a big Chiefs playoff win? I'd go champagne. You like I, the champagne? I'll just do the champagne. And honestly, from the height that she was at. Those people didn't really get that much in the end. You got a sprinkle. And but you saw how pumped they were. I didn't I can't imagine anybody was pissed about that. So Well the, some of the fans are really upset about it, Tanner. What are you gonna do about it? Oh, you mean the fans that weren't under the, the spray? Everyone on Twitter is crying you about it. Defend? Yeah, get out of here, dude. All right, Jason. What would you better be doused in? Imperial wow. stouts? I'm not. I'm not gonna go with I'm not gonna go with beer, right? Dark so stouts. If, yeah. if I'm in celebration mode, I'm not doing beer. Uh, my first choice would be port wine. Wine. That way, wow. I knew Lord. somebody would be licking it off my balls. And that's going to stain, by the way. So stain your balls, potentially. Yes. Gotcha. It just tastes right. better. It just tastes better. Gotcha. Wow. I, I like it. See, I, I would want to say whiskey almost, but I just I don't know if I want to deal with that I wouldn't on the car ride that. home, if that would be a fun thing or not. I could, I could deal with an IPA, though. If you just covered me in uh, the calling from Boulevard, I could probably handle that and be happy with my life going home. So that's funny you say that. Um, so actually, the bar of soap I use is an IPA flavor, like not flavored soap, but like type of soap. It's from an, like it's IPA. That's what it's called. Hmm. Hey, that and sounds great. great. Yeah. A little hoppy in there and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. You guys ready to help the people out there listening, make some gosh darn money. Uh, yeah. Let's yeah, jump right into it yeah. then guys. First and foremost, now we're going to start off with the NFC side of things. We got the NFC preview Rams against the 49ers coming up on Sunday. This will be the evening game of the week. Of course, um, now, at this point in the season, we have now seen 49ers win both games in the regular season. Now, six in a row for the 49ers going back to 2018 was the last time the Rams got a win. And so there's historically some data there to show that, you know, potentially the coaching is better for 49ers in these matchups because the Rams have a really talented team, and they have for the last few years. And this is going to be a little different this time, though, because it's not easy to win three times in one season against the same team in the NFL. Doesn't happen very often, and I'm just curious what you guys think about the how this game unfolds. The Rams are minus three and a half. The over under is forty six and a half on this game. And that was the only thing that moved since the opening line. Mm-hmm. Is the over under o- opening over under was forty seven and a half. So it went down just one point. So then. it just went down. Yeah, uh, basically half a point. I do want to give or, you guys yeah, one point. a couple stats before I throw it over here to uh, to Tanner. But since returning from the bye week. The Rams have scored 20-plus points in all nine games to this point from that point going forward, as well as the last three times the Rams beat the 49ers, the average score was 69.6. So that's way over if the Rams get win. You're assuming it could be a high-scoring game. So, yeah. guys, what are your thoughts on the games uh, coming up as far as the Rams and 49ers here? I'm going to go with my gut here, right? So the first thing you should always do is go with your gut instinct. And the first time I heard about this matchup, 
I thought about the Niners and the fact that they had won six in a row against the Rams. And basically, they own the Rams, guys. Like, the Rams, this is something for the Rams to overcome, even though I'm sure all three of us agree, and many of you out there agree, that the Rams are the better team. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The best team doesn't always win the game. And so this is not the 49ers' first rodeo against the Rams. They've won six in a row, going for number seven. I am actually going to take this, the 49ers in this game to win. And if I'm looking at the over-under at that 46-and-a-half, I'm actually going to take the under. I believe in both of these defenses. I believe those two defenses are a wash. And so they're both really good. And I think it's a tough divisional game. That's the thing you got to keep in mind. So what happens when you have these tough divisional games? It's not always the best team that wins. San Francisco is going to run the ball all day long. And so that will limit the opportunities for that uh, Rams defense to put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. What do we say about Garoppolo? All he does is win. So he didn't win the Super Bowl last time against the Chiefs, but he knows how to win a lot of games, especially in those divisional matchups. So I am going to take the Niners to win the game. I am going to take the under 46 and a half. Right. Under. I like that. I like that. So I looked at trends, right? This is my. This is for my view of it. I wanted to check the betting trends going on here. So San Francisco is five and zero straight up in the last five games when playing the Rams. San Francisco is also six and one against the spread in the last seven games. Uh, LA Rams is seven and one straight up in the last eight games, and the total has gone under in five of the LA's last six games at home. If you think about it. The one game of those six games was the 49ers finale uh, at Rams that the 49ers won. Uh, for me here, I'm picking the Ra- or not the Rams. I'm picking the Niners to cover, Niners to win, and I'm also picking the over based off that last matchup. So, like it was, it was under the first time, but that was like week three, week four. This is it was a total different teams entering that last week. So I'm going. I'm going the over. I'm going to go ahead and go the over of that 46, and I say they they definitely get over that match. So if we have the over and the 49ers win, then you're saying it's going to be a game where the Niners' offense wakes up. Niners, yeah. Essentially, and the, and, and the Rams are consistent game to game to game. Mm-hmm. And we know all know the Rams' offense is great, but can they be consistent? And that's the issue that we got to see. So I think I still think this is going to be a highlight of an offense. But there's gonna be some great defensive plays in the matter too. Yeah, there has to be absolutely. I mean, you got Aaron Donald, of course, the you know defensive, you know he's every year he's he's in the mix of being defensive player of the year. So he's a guy that you yeah. always have to account for. To me, it's gonna be a game that comes down to turnovers, decides this whole factor. If Matthew Stafford goes out, plays a clean game, doesn't turn the ball over at all, the Rams win this game. If he goes out, has two picks, it's gonna be game over. 49ers will have ball control. Because they are the better rushing attack team, yes. And so at that point, they will then control and dictate the outcome of that game. So it's going to come down to turnovers without a doubt. But with that said, I still believe in the Rams because I'm going to take the better quarterback at the end of the day, which to me is Stafford over Jimmy Garoppolo. And so I like the Rams actually at minus three and a half on this game. Wow. I like right. the I like I like the Rams to cover that, and I also like the over of 46 and a half on this game. So I'm going to go both the over as well as the Rams covering three and a half. Um, I, I do think this could be within a touchdown, of course. 49ers aren't going to just get 
ran over, I don't believe, because they're too good of a team to allow that, I, I would say. But I do want to say a couple more things. The Rams are 6-2 and two against the spread over the last eight games. So you have a 75% win rate at the last eight games against the spread. And the 49ers, to contradict my own statement, are 5-1 and one against the spread in six, the last six games. Oh, okay. As six road, and one the last seven games. As road underdogs. As road underdogs. So 5-1 wow. and one against the spread the last six games as a road underdogs. So you're telling me five of those wins out of the last seven games is road wins? Like against the spread, right? Wow. So road. So That's basically, impressive. when they're on the road, they play tough, and they will at least cover the spread. Um, at this point, they're hitting an eighty-three percent hit rate on that. But in this specific game, I like the Rams to turn the tables here and finally get a win after losing six in a row to the Niners on this one. Uh, so we'll see and stay tuned. Of course, we're hoping to be watching that game with uh, you know our own house money of just in, sitting back and enjoying after a potential Chiefs victory. And so we're wanting to sit back, see who the Chiefs could be playing in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. not really have to worry about it too much because that's the evening game. The early game at 2 p.m., of course, is the Kansas City Chiefs going over to or, – or not going over to, but the Bengals are coming out to Kansas City to face the Chiefs this time. Um, Chiefs are favored right now. Minus seven is the current spread on that game. And that's an interesting one. That's that's not an easy one to pick whatsoever. And the over-under is 54-and-a-half. I will say this. The Chiefs have now hit the over seven straight times now in a row. So the last seven games, every time it's been on the over of their betting odds. So I do like that quite a bit. The, and uh, The last five home games, uh, they have hit over uh, the last five games at home. So five, in, five at home plus seven overall then yes. too as well. So yeah. the over seems to be – and 54.5 sounds like a big steep one, right? It, it sounds was, crazy, so, but so it's doable. It opened at 51.5. Mm-hmm. So since then they moved over to fifty four and a half, right? And their opening line for bets is six and a half, so now it's seven. So that didn't really move too much, uh, but that over under did. Bengals this season are twelve and seven against the spread, by the way, and they're currently on a six and zero oh against the spread streak. And so with that streak in mind, when we have a Chiefs minus seven, uh, this is going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. I personally, I like the over in this game too, and I also like the Bengals to cover. So I'm going to say Bengals are within six points or so of this game. Uh, What do you guys got on this one? Well, I'll go ahead and throw out my easy money bet of the week. And so you just mentioned the over-under at 54.5 and how you thought that seems a little steep. I actually think it it seems a little bit low for this game because you're dealing with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And I know Joe Burrow, not a lot of – playoff experience he's a young quarterback but like you said KC has hit the over seven consecutive games um, I look at what Cincinnati is going to do in this game so Joe Mixon was against Tennessee 14 for 54 rushing but he was also six receptions for 51 receiving yards you've got a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball here so uh, the Bengals they've got T Higgins Jamar Chase uh, Tyler Boyd. And so the way I look at it is it's like, it doesn't really matter to me if this is a comfortable win for the chiefs or if it's a narrow win for the chiefs, or even if you guys are out there thinking that the Bengals might have a chance to win, it doesn't really matter to me. This will go over the 54 and a half in all three of those scenarios. So, you know, I, I could see a scenario where it's 38, 17 chiefs where they just run over them you're still going to hit the over 31, 28 close game. Uh, the only way I can see the Bengals winning 
is if it's still a high scoring game, you know, maybe the Bengals get lucky and win by two or three points. Um, but this is my easy money bet of the week. You're going to take the over. You're going to bet a thousand dollars. If you don't have a grand, you should bet 500. If you don't have 500, just throw a $20 bill out there. Whatever say, you got. 10 bucks. Yeah. 10, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, yeah. 10 bucks, 10 bucks baby. <laughs> yeah, I like that quite a bit. So I, I, like, I like that advice quite a bit. I think we're on the same page on the over-under between you and I, Jason. What do you got, Tanner? All right, so I'm actually picking the Bengals to cover this line. Cover, the Chiefs okay. win. Uh, so Bengals actually 7-1 against the spread last eight games on the road. So they're really well – like, they do really good against the spread on the road, which concerns me. Um, and I, as I told Mike last week – after the and Jason here, Bengals are the luckiest ass team in this playoffs right now. Period. I don't think they should be where they're, they're at. better than what they were presented. They should Tanner. not be where they're at. So I think they cover. I think the Chiefs still win. I think it's so. I think they cover because of garbage points. To, uh, garbage points in the end. Um, and I am going to go over on that fifty-four and a half as well. I do believe that this will be a high-scoring game. Uh, Tyron still questionable. Uh, he may play, may not play. Um, and the Bengals are kind of beat up on defense as well, so it's, it could be it could be an offensive uh, fight again. Uh, but I'm excited; it's gonna be an exciting game regardless. So we're all on the same page, and you'd like the Chiefs to cover or the Bengals to cover that? I mean, I, I do like the Chiefs to cover. I don't really want to say a whole lot on the show because you know, like, I don't want to like jinx my favorite team or anything like that. <laughs> but um, it, it's I'll put it this way: it's not going to surprise me if the Chiefs cover, uh, and really it's not going to surprise me if the Bengals cover either. I mean, if I had to just – somebody holds a gun to my head, yeah, I think the Chiefs will cover, but that's not something I really want to get involved in because I'm going to bet the farm on that over-under. Gotcha. And so it sounds like at least Tanner and I are on the exact same page on both the Bengals to cover but the, but the over-under to hit the over on that game. Yeah. So, um, But, guys, let's let's reverse back here for just a moment, back to that Bills game. And just the wildness that was of that. And I think it was one of the best Patrick Mahomes games of all time. And it was one of the most exciting games we've ever probably been a part of. Just the the, the atmosphere and, you know, the, the environment of, you know, going down at the very end here, 13 seconds left after back and forth, back and forth. And then you have, you know, quick play at Tyree Kill against 19 yards. And then the throw to Travis Kelsey after Travis had told Patrick before the play, I'm probably just kind of running up the seam here again. And do it, and do it, Kels. And so he did it. And then you know, there's another 25 yard gain, and boom, they're in field goal range. And you know, what's funny is this game obviously ended up going to overtime, and Chiefs got the ball, went down the field, matriculated the ball down the field, boys, and ended up getting a touchdown to cap off the end of that game. And what's funny about that is that it was a few years ago, 2018, as a matter of fact, where the Chiefs had that exact same thing happen to them against the Patriots. And Eric Berry was getting his ass whooped by Rob Gronkowski. You know, the, the old yeah. ghost of Eric Berry at that point of his career. And fans were mad because, you know, the Chiefs didn't have a chance. And we knew with Patrick Mahomes, if he just had one shot with the ball, that he was at least going to tie it up or, you know, at least, at least you know, potentially win the game at that point. And now it's a big uproar about, oh, maybe we should consider changing the rules. Well, the Chiefs tried to change the rules that offseason. And now we're looking at this going, oh, we should try to change the rules. But – you know, it's like so. What we were we were told back then, just get your defense better, and we did. We got our defense That's better. That's what we did. We got our defense better, and now we're looking at the Bills, who are the number one defense in the entire NFL, and we drive down their throats three times in a row, and then you're going to say, "Oh, it's not fair." 
okay, all year long, you guys had the number one ranked defense. And then this happens, and now it's like, okay, well, maybe you don't get your defense better, but you got to suck it up now because you voted against what Andy Reid wanted and proposed just three and a half years ago. That they did. That so they did. I, I, I just think that it, it's a scenario where, and we've talked about this before, we all knew that their defense was overhyped based on their strength of schedule. Correct. And we can talk about it every single week, but it's almost like a situation where when you're in the moment, you're the Buffalo Bills, you look up at, at the rankings and you're like, oh my gosh, we're the best defense in the NFL. You look at Pitt, and right? you don't you don't have grips with reality. And I feel like they really believed that their defense was that good and it really wasn't. Whereas everybody else that's watching from the outside we could clearly see that, you know, it's just – it's not as good as you think it is. Well, they struggled against a lot of teams as well in the season, right? Titans, they lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they Jaguars, didn't... they scored uh, six points. Yeah. Like, you know, stuff like that. So You, you allowed nine points, but you could well, – they, po- they allowed nine points. Six to nine, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's pretty nice. Tanner's so. favorite number. But, you know, it's just I, – I just don't get it. I don't get where the hype was. Like, it was a great stat. Sure, paper, great. It was a fabulous season for them on paper for who they faced. But you against a real team, you're probably going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if the Bills had played the Bengals, uh, that would have still been I, a game where I the, still think it would have been a great game. The Bengals end up scoring probably somewhere in the 25-point yeah. range, at least in that one. So that still would have been the case to me. And the Bills, I'm not going to sit here and just bash on them and say no, that they're I, overrated because that's a really good team. I was just about to say, Josh Allen, that offense. Yeah. It's fabulous. They are, they are wonderful. They are true. Uh, they're going to be battling the Chiefs year in, year out from here on. Bills, you know why? We play the Bills next year as well as the year after that at home both times at Arrowhead Stadium. So both 2022 season and 2023 season. And they come back. We'll see the Bills <laughs> back at Arrowhead once again. I don't know how it falls that way every damn year, but it does. Um, and we'll just have to deal with Josh Allen as he is. And, I, hey, I'm fine with that. You know why? It's good for football. I love it. It's good for football to see these young guys like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. And then, you know, maybe one day we'll get Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm saying. Do we get back. Deshaun back? Maybe Deshaun Watson will come back at some point, and we can really have a, a great AFC battle of different quarterbacks, young quarterbacks who are worth the crap. Because, um, you know, good quarterback play is good for football. And so I'll put it that way. And we don't, no one wants to go out and watch, you know, really Zach Wilson's of the world go out there and do their thing, or Sam Darnold, you know, MVP Sam Darnold go out there and F around. We want to watch good quality quarterbacks right that's yes. what makes football that's great what we want so anyways you guys i just wanted to have a little quick discussion about hey, the by the Chiefs way and Bills real, real quick on that game how many yards does stefan Diggs have not uh, enough like seven not enough how many was it like four or seven i think it was like seven yards i think it was like was it three catches seven yards yeah. ward ward but did a fabulous job against Diggs. gabriel yeah i guess so gabriel davis got four touchdowns well yeah well you had fenn <laughs> out you had tyron right. go out so yeah. now the secondary doesn't know what the hell they're doing without at least Fett and Tyron there, right? So we saw that. Hey, for what it's worth, I think this is a great opportunity for the Bills in the offseason to just look in the mirror and say, hey, how can we get this defense better? You know, like, let's take a look in the mirror. We know it it wasn't as good as everybody thought. Let's make this defense better and run it back next year and see what we can do. That, that's all you can do. That's Happy better – that's more. There's more value in doing that than there is a, at complaining about the overtime rules. Okay. Okay. Guys, let's talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers here in just a minute. But first, I want to give you guys my Mount Rushmore of Patrick Mahomes' top games 
so far of his Chiefs career. Jason, I'm going to steal your thunder here for just a minute. I know. Usually it's a Jason thing here. Number four. <laughs> you have the Chiefs and the Rams, 2018, going back to Mexico City here. This game, Patrick Mahomes, obviously his first year starting at six touchdowns in this game, three interceptions, threw for 478 passing yards in this gosh darn game. He's put up 51 points of offense. And as well as an extra, like, I think it was like an extra uh, 30 or 40 yards rushing in that game, too. He had over 500 yards of offense. And this was one of the best games I've ever witnessed just as a fan. Now, the referees in that game, I'm not a big fan of, but we'll save that for a later date. We've already talked about that in the past. We don't need to go there. So, Chiefs-Rams 2018 is my number four. Number three. We have now, at this point, Patrick Mahomes' second ever NFL game as a pro player. I mean, when it was the Pittsburgh Steelers put up 326 passing yards, six touchdowns. That's disgusting. 154.8 quarterback rating in that game. This is nuts, guys. His first two games in the league, he had he had a total of 10 touchdowns and no picks already at that, that point. And just remember, Pittsburgh at that time was still our, like, Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. We were just coming off that loss. I believe that loss the previous year, right? Mm-hmm. And they were Achilles Hill. We we didn't do well against them the last couple of years, so that was huge for him to come out and just blow them out. Well, we all know past the hexbreakers, so anything that was like a, a negative or some kind of a bad omen with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is the reason why that's now broken. So Patrick Mahomes and Pittsburgh Steelers 2018, guys, that game was something of beauty. Now we have number two. Patrick Mahomes going against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs 2019 season, obviously, leading up to the Super Bowl, 294 yards in that game. But most most of all, it was the comeback. It was the fact that we got on fire. Remember that deep pass to Sammy Watkins there at the end of the game? That solidified the Chiefs' win to move forward going into the Super Bowl at that point because uh, they, they just came off of a win against the Houston Texans, obviously. Then the Titans was the next one. And that was a game where the Titans had the lead throughout most of that game, and then the Chiefs fired back, you know, just like they do any time really at this That's point. Right. When they get on a roll, it's game over. Number one, guys. That's right. I said number one. We just witnessed it. God damn it. It was the Patrick Mahomes <laughs> against the goddamn Buffalo Bills 2021 season playoffs, Preach. 2022, 378 passing yards, 69 rushing yards nice. in this game. And the guy showed up when it mattered every single time. And this was a vintage old school, like elite. You cannot stop me. Patrick Mahomes game. And it's something that I think is beautiful. When you can sit back and just watch it as a fan, see, you're not even a fan of the Chiefs. You sit back and watch it as it is. You have to appreciate what the guy's capable of doing, and it's 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 it makes you sit back in awe, and it's unbelievable what he's capable of. Because especially coming from you know our fandom, dealing with Alex Smiths of the world and stuff like that, it's like, well, that's not going to work. And Patrick Mahomes can go out there and say, ah, we're we're down by this much, you know, we're down by twenty, and we're down by this. We have thirteen seconds left. Doesn't matter. You're going to come back and win that goddamn game. And like Andy Reid said, when things look grim, be the grim goddamn reaper. He wouldn't say that because he's Mormon. So, <laughs> but guys, anyways, that's my my Mount Rushmore of Patrick Mahomes games to this point. Best games of his career, in my opinion. Of course, some are more debatable than others because the dude's put up amazing numbers in his career at this point. So Pretty we could probably pick out a few more here and there to add to the mix and uh, probably fit in right away. So, yeah. Hey, uh, we did have a comment. I don't know if you want to get into it right now, but – uh, AC did comment said, "Hey, did you speak on the rest for the for this next game yet?" No, not not yet. Um, referees coming up for this weekend's game. Uh, Bill Vinovich. Oh, oh, yes, Bill Bill Vinovich. Um, he actually has the fewest penalties thrown all season long. Correct? 
Correct. All right, so I think that's something to look forward to. Uh, last week, we had John Husey. Obviously, he did a great job. Shout out to the refs for the first time ever. Uh, they threw like five penalties all game long. They did not dictate the outcome of the game, which is the most important thing to me. And Bill Vinovich coming up in this game statistically has thrown the fewest flags all year long. So that's going to be cool. Obviously, Super Bowl referee will be Ron Torbert. Ron <laughs> Torbert will be back once again. That's right. The yeah. Ron Torbert oh, who gave the, the Chiefs a big dick in the A uh, just a few weeks ago against the Bengals. So he'll be the Super Bowl referee. We'll worry about that when that time comes. But for now, I'm happy with the outcome of what we got in the AFC Championship game. Right. We'll deal with it when we get there. Yep. Guys, so let's talk about a little Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Future comings in this league or out of the league. Let's let's figure this thing out real quick. Because Aaron Rodgers obviously has been now going around making his media rounds with their boys over there at uh, Pat McAfee and all that. Because that is the most comfortable podcast in the world. He makes people... Uh, feel comfortable and appreciate him. And I love his whole style. Uh, Pat McAfee oh, is amazing at what he does. Phenomenal. He is one of the best personalities in all of sports talk. So big uh, applause to him for what he does. And all the haters can just suck it. Um, so Rogers, now you said recently, Tanner, what did you say or to me earlier about he might eventually make a decision on the show? Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So his show, or when he appeared yesterday, um, he, towards the end of the, Actually, was an hour interview with him, by the way. A whole hour. A whole hour. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. So, I mean, that's the comfortability aspect of uh, trust. You know, and they went all over the place. But essentially, towards the end of the interview, he stated that, hey, I might show up and announce it on your show. And he might do it in the studio, too. And Pat's, you know, Pat's like, hey, more, you're more than welcome. We can do whatever. But he was, you know, he's also Pat where he's like, hey, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers said, "Hey, that might that might be this might be the spot where I announce what my future is." And he said, "It will be sooner than later. It'll be most likely before free agency starts, because he knows it's not fair to the team. He knows it's not fair to other guys, Devonte, if he doesn't get tagged, uh, for instance, and some other players. So he wants to be he wants to respect their their wishes as well of knowing what what the hell is a Rod going to do." So. But, yeah, that'd be kind of cool, though, to see him announce it live. Yeah, and it'd be show. big props to the show of Pat McAfee's show, too, because, like, that's the thing. They've built so much trust over there, and Rodgers always knows he has his back at this point. And those guys are buds, obviously. And I think having that trust factor where Rodgers with the media has been, you know, castercized at this point. Oh, yeah. And so he's just like, well, screw you guys. I work with the media. I'll talk to my buddy, yeah. essentially. Well, is what it is. AJ and Pat every Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Why not? So... <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you have any thoughts, Jason, about Rodgers, um, you know, currently in the future? Is he, is he overthinking his future or is he have something in mind that's going to work out for him? Well, if we're saying move, stay or retire, um, he's certainly not going to retire because he's going to look like the biggest bum on the face of the earth because he's sitting there looking up at TB44, who's getting ready to turn 45 years old. And Aaron Rodgers is only 39. So retirement is out of the question. Like, I mean, it's just he's got too much more to give to the game. And so I think for Rodgers, uh, I think he's going to move. I, I think when you look at the Packers, I mean, the special teams just wrecked that game. I know there was some bad weather going on there, but, I mean, they've got to fix their special teams. I mean, 
they're not in the best salary cap situation um, comparatively to the other teams. And so for me, if I had to take my vote, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to move. And if he's going to move, it's going to be to the Denver Broncos. But there's a caveat there. He's not going to move to the Broncos unless he can go with Devontae Adams. Now, the only way that's going to work is if the Broncos can figure out a way to move Cortland Sutton. But for me, the Broncos is the perfect – that's the perfect situation for Aaron Rodgers because if you can go there somehow with Devontae Adams, you've already got a great defense. You know, Aaron Rodgers clearly stated that he does not want to be a part of a rebuild. Well, Broncos are not going to be a re rebuild uh, if they bring in Aaron Rodgers, but – I think he's going to demand that they figure out a way to bring in Devontae Adams. Yeah, the Broncos kind of started their rebuild when Peyton Manning left. And so that's a team right now that could win games pretty easily if they had a proper quarterback. So I like that fit very, very well. My thought would be then if you could send Cortland Sutton to Green Bay and also, you know, do the swap of Devontae Adams and Rodgers together. But then, you're, you know, they're going to want draft picks. You know, the Packers are going to want draft picks. They're going to build for that future. And I think it's going to take at least three first-round picks for that trade to go through, as well as Cortland, Cortland Sutton be shipped over, too. I have no problem with that because Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. And if, if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams can somehow be there for three to four years, then I don't really care about the three first-round picks, yeah. if you can make that happen. He's 39, but here's the thing. He's the most efficient quarterback in the entire league when you look at touchdown-to-turnover ratio. And so – at this point, he could play till he's 44, just like Tom Brady, as if he wants to. Now you got to figure out, you know, where's his mentality at right now? Is he is he want to stick around this league for longer, and especially in this very politicized league that we deal with now? Because I think in some ways he might be getting sick of it. I honestly do not care about his mentality because when you watch the chemistry with him and Devontae Adams on the field together, I mean, it's just like a marriage made in heaven. They, oh, I like, agree. Yeah. I mean, Rodgers knows where Devontae Adams is going to be at all times, and they, they those guys have a trust level unlike anything we've seen it's since equal. probably Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Well, to me, it's equal to Kelsey and Mahomes at this point as far as just yeah. knowing where they're yeah, going to be. Yeah, you can throw that in there. And so That's Kelsey fine. Mahomes, to me, is the equivalent of Adams and – and Aaron Rodgers. The difference is Kelsey can't run a 4-3 like Devontae Adams could. But, but that's the thing. that The Chiefs are the team that you have to beat at this point. And so that that's the only way you could do it is with the combo of Rodgers and Devontae Adams. No other team is going to be able to compete with, compete with that. your point, with that elite quarterback, you also got Justin Herbert standing in your way. So that's two two really good quarterbacks in your way. So Denver has to do something. Personally, just as a, as a football fan, I would love to see Rodgers go to Denver just to make Denver a challenge once again. Oh, Last time the Broncos, as we all know, I love to throw the stat out there, had beat the Chiefs was back September 17th of 2015. <laughs> it's been that long, you guys. And so I think that's something I would love to see them at least compete here and there with the Chiefs. Now, once we get to the playoffs, it's all game over, just win games. But, you know, I think it'd make, make more fun at least of those games because right now it's just too easy, in my opinion. You walk, oh, it's, it's the Broncos again. It's like there for a while. It was, oh, we're playing the Raiders. going to be an easy win. Well, sometimes the Raiders get a game on us every yeah. once in a while. They but, show up every now and then. I, just, I would like to see for the sake of a football fan, just good football with great quarterbacks. Mahomes and Rodgers battling two times per year would be beautiful, wouldn't it? Next couple of years, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would love to see it, but the only way that my pipe dream would be complete is if we see Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos and Deshaun Watson on the, the Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> that would blow my mind, dude. I think it would blow everybody's mind. 
That'd be fun, that'd wouldn't be, it? That'd be a crazy. That'd adventure. be amazing. One hell of a you talk about battle tested. No, we All got right. no problem there. Well, the whole thing, the whole division, be beat up. So you get to the playoffs and you're screwed. <laughs> we're all, We're all tired of beating each other up at that point. Uh, so all right. Are we all in agreement on we brought Rogers? No. Okay. What no. you got, Tanner? So Rogers on his interview yesterday with Pat uh, talked about this. Talked about what kind of not really what he's thinking, but what he's what he's leaning towards. Uh, you know, AJ and Pat. Dang, man. AJ and Pat. <laughs> You gotta get your eyes for your whiskey for this. Oh, one, huh? Time for another glass. Oh man, uh, AJ and Pat uh, kind of asked him about it, like, "Hey, are you, are you gonna go somewhere? Or are you not?" And Aaron actually upset that going somewhere is not really in the, in the future. It's not really gonna happen. So he's not looking to really leave. So there's two options now: does he retire? Does he stay? Um, Devontae's gonna probably get that franchise tag. I think he stays this year. But I would not be surprised if the guy retires just because there's so many opportunities he has out there to stay within the game. Also, is, Je- uh, is it Jeopardy, right, that he's got on? Jeopardy. Is it Jeopardy? He's on Jeopardy now. He's not going to make any money doing that, dude. Well, no, he don't that, care. He's made enough, enough money. money. Who cares? He said there was a blast. He had a blast during that. But I don't think I, – I just don't think he retires. I think he stays with Green Bay, stays with Devontae. And he, like I said, he stated, he goes, I'm not really interested in leaving at all. It's not gonna. I don't, he doesn't. Yeah, but that. you're assuming that they're gonna sign Devonte and wreck Franchise the rest tag. of that fucking Franchise roster. Franchise tag. One more year of Devonte Aaron. Franchise. They're gonna franchise tag Devonte. Who else is they gonna mm. franchise tag? Mason Crosby. Get out of here. It's gonna be Aaron Rodgers, Devonte once again in Green Bay uh, for next season, and then after that, the guy's probably gone. He's probably retired. Well, give him one more year. One more year. One more year. That's my thought. Run it back. Run it back. It'd be pretty pretty wild. Based based on his interview yesterday, that's what I'm taking away from him. Gotcha. Well, that's good input, Tanner. I appreciate that. I mean, it's hard to say right now because obviously he made a tweet during the NFL draft uh, just back this past April uh, about, hey, it's looking like good weather in Denver today. Uh, obviously, that was but during a time was, period when they were not getting along very well. Not, he says it's a total but different. Awesome he, he's so also far. making it known that he would like the idea of Denver. You know, that's obviously well, in his mind. If he had to go somewhere, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, obviously, Elway being Elway, he can't draft anybody worth a shit. So, he'll go ahead and just pick up another, <laughs> another quarterback that's been around a while to, to go win games with. So well, You don't like Drew Locke? I mean, come on. <laughs> that. Drew Locke might be an okay backup for the next five years, but it's probably going to be game over for him <laughs> at this point too. So, um, anyways, guys, so we got we got two Denver's and one state in Green Bay. Is that right, Tanner? That's right, guys. What about the the Tommy Boy, the guy who led the NFL in passing yards, who at 44 years old is still playing uh, as a top three quarterback in the league? Where is he going to go, or is he going to stay, retire? What are your thoughts on where what's going to happen to Tom Brady? Tommy boy, he's got a lot of thoughts going through his mind right now because his wife, Giselle Bunchen, is desperately trying to get this guy to quit. But the problem with doing that is that you've got a guy who is a football savant and he is addicted to the game and he's got a Tampa Bay roster sitting right there that he does not want to leave hanging next year. And so my vote is that TB... 44, soon to be 45, is going to stay in Tampa Bay. Uh, I do love the idea. It's a very sexy idea of him going to the 49ers because his parents live out there. Um, but the issue is, is like, that's a very difficult division. That's that's not an easy road. 
to travel through. I like the idea of him replacing Jimmy Garoppolo, who he hated when Jimmy G was on the Patriots. But I just don't think that's going to have the best option for him is going to be to stay in that crappy ass division, which just so recently lost Sean Payton as a coach for the Saints. So now you don't have Sean Payton over there. It's a shitty ass division. I mean, that is the easiest path in my mind. It's a great roster. And so I think Tom Brady is not going to retire. He's not going to move. He's going to stay in Tampa Bay for at least one more year. Yeah, and here's the thing. Chris Godwin being gone from the team hurt them quite a bit here in the playoffs, and as well as Antonio Brown walking out on the team. And so Godwin's going to be back this next year, so there's no concerns about that, I don't think. Um, They're going to find a way to keep him around on the roster, Tanner. And so I think that Brady still has quite an awesome arsenal coming coming at him. Now, Gronk will be a year older, but they still have – O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait they can work with and maybe even draft a guy. Who knows? But I think that this is probably his best opportunity to have continuity within this team. Stay there. Don't just go somewhere else and restart over again and go to some team that's already stacked because most teams are already stacked, have a quarterback worth of crap already. It's like you can't just walk in and be like, oh, I'll take over the team. It's like, you know, you can't walk up to the Chiefs and go, oh, I'll play for you Didn't guys. he try that the first time around with Las Vegas? And Las Vegas is like, oh, no, we'll stick with Carr. Well, that's because lost. That's because Oakland <laughs> slash Las Vegas is stupid. So they they don't know what they're doing with that whole organization anyway. So, but I think the best bet for him, he's not retiring. The guy just had one of his better years statistically ever, and I think he needs to have at least one more year to play because this team wasn't that far away from being back where they were a year ago. If you have a healthy Chris Godwin and a healthy AB, what we saw this past weekend might end up differently, and so. They're not going to have AB going forward, but they could also fill in that spot with someone else. It's worth the crap to actually show up to games and stay for games. And so I like Brady to stay in Tampa Bay, and he'll be back in the playoffs again next year. Yeah, I definitely like him to stay, but just keep this in the back of your mind. Like his idol was Joe Montana. Joe Montana went to a second team and made it to an AFC championship game. Well, Brady's already been on that second team and won a Super Bowl. So what's one way that he could outdo his idol, Joe Montana? Possibly go to a third team, Joe Montana's first team, the Niners, and try to do it again. Because, you know, you don't think Kyle Shanahan wouldn't welcome him with open arms with that roster and ditch Jimmy Garoppolo and try to make a run. I mean, that's that's a great roster as well. And I think Tom Brady going to the 49ers, I mean, that would just be like that. That would blow everyone's mind if he could somehow move over there and try to win a Super Bowl. And then you just ignore Trey Lance for another year. Is that what you'd do? I I don't think Kyle Shanahan would really give a shit about Trey Lance. I mean, you could still put Brady in there for a year. And then all of a sudden you got Trey Lance learning behind the goat. Right. So all of a sudden he's got a role model to to look up to for a year kind of like the way Mahomes looked up to Alex Smith except it's you're looking up to the goat for a year and then that might actually help Trey Lance's development if that were to happen but that's kind of a pipe dream like I said but I did want to throw that out there because that you know it's kind of like Tom Brady's role model was Joe Montana and that was his favorite team growing up was the Niners you know how pissed Jimmy Garoppolo would be if Tom Brady comes in and takes his job considering Belichick at one point thought Garoppolo could be 
the overtaker of Tom Brady a few years ago? You know, Jimmy G just kind of strikes me as a guy that really doesn't give a shit. Like he he's willing to go wherever and still continue to win games. I mean, nobody expected him to do shit in San Francisco. He made it to a Super Bowl as what most people would agree as a average or below average quarterback. And so he, he kind of strikes me as a guy that just wants to go with the flow. And he, he wouldn't really care if he went to another team. And I think he would con still continue to win games wherever he goes. He reminds me of what Alex Smith was with the 49ers as well, where it was like the guy had a really great defense back then with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman running the show, and then a great run game with Frank Gore. And then Michael Crabtree, you know, and Vernon Davis, of course. <laughs> but it's like you have all these weapons and all this. And Alex Smith was a very average quarterback with the 49ers. He got better under Andy Reid. But Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, is the same kind of thing where it's like he wins a bunch of games just like Alex did. But you're not winning because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. You're just winning with Jimmy Garoppolo. Exactly. So it's a big difference. You could plug in anybody out there and probably win at least 10 games. So, Tanner, what are your thoughts on Brady? I think he retires. I think it's done. This is it? This is 44 and done after so, the MVP type season? Yeah, based kind of his on Instagram uh, quote that he did the other day, too, uh, kind of indicated a thank you to Tampa like he kind of did with New England. Um, and I'm sharing it right now on the screen here. And I'll let you guys go to Tom Brady's Instagram to check it all out. But essentially, there's also more on the man in the arena uh, quote he did recently as well. So... Uh, but I don't know. I, if Giselle's getting in the way, Tom Brady's been around for what twenty-two years, right? If he was going to get that extra ring, he would have done it by now. It's. I feel after a depleted O line, depleted receivers, um, and Buccaneers are under the gun right now in the salary cap, right? They just did everything they could to keep the same team they had for the Super Bowl year, for this 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 year that went on and they couldn't, couldn't keep everybody healthy. I don't think, I don't think people stay. I don't think Godwin stays. I don't, I think there's a lot, a lot of movement happening. Uh, there's even chats in the, in that area, but Arians possibly moving on. Um, and it's also left, which moving on. So there's a lot of chatter going on right now. Obviously it's too early to tell, but my feeling right now is that he retires. Yeah. The odds right now show Byron, Byron left, goes to the Jaguars, which would be very funny to see their former quarterback now being head coach. So uh, that is the current rumor at the moment. So I don't know if that's the right way or not. But then again, the Jaguars just need to have someone that's stable that can just be there for more than, you know, a year or two. That's actually very disturbing because I just had thoughts of, since we're going into a baseball topic later, I just had thoughts of Pete Rose, like, playing baseball and then becoming a manager. And now I'm, like, having thoughts of Byron Lefrit Leftwich being a coach and then maybe being tossed in there as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean like, it's it's looking it's looking possible as far as the just the, his old past with the with with the Jaguars. You know what'd be funny, Tanner? Bring bring back Mark Brunell too. We'll start, <laughs> Mark Brunell Fred Taylor back. is running backs coach. Let's Fred go, Taylor, baby. Fred Taylor coach running back. Let's go. Mark Brunell be quarterback coach, and then we'll have Leftwich be the head coach. I just want to see Byron Leftwich. David Garrard could be the offensive coordinator. So, so what are we going to see? <laughs> I just want to see Byron Leftwich where, coach himself where, where as a quarterback. Leftwich at Jacksonville and then Kellen Moore take over Dallas. Like, that'd be the weirdest thing ever for former players. Now, I like Kellen Moore in Dallas, potentially. That's better than what they currently have with Mike McCarthy. So. Nah, they got Sean Payton, dude. That's game over. That's Sean probably Payton Sean Payton. Back. 
Sean Payton's going to the Cowboys. That, it's Sean, a done. It's a done deal. Sean, he's gonna. He's Payton, taking a year no, off. Look here. If Sean Payton touches television, he's not coming back. Well, here's he's, the deal. He's still under, exactly like Cower. Why, exactly why like would Cowher. you say that though? John John Gruden touched television, and then he came back. Yeah, you saw and look that. how that turned <laughs> out. <laughs> I, think, I think it pulls into a Bill Cower situation where he goes up there. He touches television for a year, and he goes, screw all that. I'm not going back to the coach. You're not making uh, – He's got the passion, dude. He's too passionate. Peyton he's got doesn't the have the personality the of a guy like a uh, Gruden I'd be or like a, like a, obviously, coach. Um, they don't have that. He doesn't have that kind of personality I don't know. for there's, TV. There's a lot of networks out there already offering a bunch of yeah, – sure, Dude, I'm sure. Sean Payton has the same passion that Tom Brady has. They're both coming back. Sean Payton's going to take a year off, and then he's going to coach the Cowboys because they have a lame duck coach. Everybody yeah, well, knows that. And here's the thing: he needs we'll he, he needs a year off because he's still under contract with the Saints, and so and he just blew a bunch either, of money on Taysom Hill. Here's the deal: you either trade now. That's uh, that's their own issue. You either take a year off, and that's fine, or if you want to go somewhere else, you have to be traded for or released in some kind of way. It's going to be some kind of exchange because the Saints still have the rights to his contract for at least another year after this. So. Yeah. Just something to keep in mind and throw out there. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about that stuff, coaches, at a later date here. Yeah, so, uh, J.G., you and I were talking a little bit yesterday about what our thoughts were. We saw David Ortiz uh, is now going to the MLB Hall of Fame, and I think we're all a big fan of Big Poppy, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy was fun to watch, and, you know, the guy was had charisma. And I, I enjoyed not bad on TV. I enjoyed his Red Sox whole tenure. I, I, I loved watching them win the World Series finally after like 80 whatever years it was. I don't know. I forgot. But, you know, all that kind of stuff that came with it and, you know, the, the bloody sock of all that stuff, you know, he was all part of that whole thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. Big Pop. Here's the deal. Big Poppy got big for a reason, right? Yeah. I mean, it helped at least. But he, he, <laughs> he, at some point in his career, obviously tested positive for COVID. Just kidding. Stairways. That's, that's actually better, right? <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure it was COVID. Can we go back and look at the tape? Maybe that's why he's now allowed in the Hall of Fame. But meanwhile, Barry Bonds tested positive for the flu. He's not allowed in the Hall of Fame ever because, uh, you know, that whole thing. And so, like, we, okay, so my point is, all jokes aside, we have now ran into a situation of the double-edged sword of Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Pete Rose, those kind of guys being avoided from the Hall of Fame and acted like they've done the worst thing in the world when everyone knew what was going on at that time, especially in the 90s. And David Ortiz comes along, and everyone knows for a fact, and you know Alex Arrigas too, knows for a fact he had a positive PED test, right? We're putting him in the Hall of Fame pretty quick. I mean, it's not been that long since he retired. And so why is this double standard going on with baseball right now? And just what are your, your thoughts on what's going on? And why does this happen? I'm confused. I think the writers that have all of the votes at this point, they are in denial or they already know that they're a joke. So I listened to an interview with Buster Olney today. And he stated that he gave, he basically gave up his vote. He doesn't vote anymore. No. Because I think, uh, Jeff, pa- Jeff Passan also gave up his vote. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So these, these guys know that these writers that make the decisions on who goes to the Hall of Fame, it's a complete shit show. And everybody knows it. And so when you look at a guy like Ortiz, obviously 
we all of us sitting here, nobody's going to sit here and tell you, no, he didn't deserve that vote. Like we all agree he deserves to go into the hall of fame. Although he did test positive back in 2003, that was supposed to be confidential, but somehow it was not confidential. It's always confidential. And so you look at it, guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, um, the reason those guys didn't get in and Ortiz did get in is because there is a much higher level of hate for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens than there is for David Ortiz. Everybody loves David Ortiz. I mean, my gosh, he won three world championships, but he's not a guy that you would consider as being the goat. We look at Roger Clemens. A lot of people our age view Roger Clemens as the greatest pitcher they've ever seen. A lot of people view Barry Bonds as the greatest hitter that they've ever seen. And so there's, when you get to that level, there's a much higher level of hate uh, based on their skill set. And so um, my vote is that you got to let all these guys in at some point. Okay. And that's, that's the end game for me. All of these guys will eventually be, be let in because that's the only way to do all these guys. Right. When they're dead. They'll get in. They'll get the sympathy vote and get in. Sure. But my my point is, is eventually they're all going to get in. But the problem is, you look at all these guys. You already mentioned it, Mike. Alex Rodriguez, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. Mike Piazza. Pete Rose. Um, you know, for for my for my personal event, opinion, uh, Pete Rose has been waiting for this moment since 1992. Yeah. So you can't let any of these guys in until you let Pete Rose in. He is the first guy that must go in. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's the greatest uh, hitter of all time. We all yeah, know that's my, not true. My bad. Mike but, did get in. I forgot. He what? actually did get in. Mike, Pia- did. Mike Piazza? Yeah. Sure. It's a big controversy. But my, my point is, is that we all know that Pete Rose is not the greatest hitter of all time. But he is the hit king, and he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, and nobody would argue that he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been sitting there waiting since 1992. Yeah. So the only way that you solve this is that you let everybody in. The problem with that is, is that Pete Rose has been waiting like at least a decade more than all of the rest of these guys. Mm-hmm. So he's been suffering through this longer than anybody else. He cheated. And, you know, it was a different, different type of cheating. But let's just say they all cheated, right? You got Pete Rose sitting there. What did he do? Oh, big deal. He gambled on a game. Okay. Let the guy in, right? Sure. I mean, he's one of the best hitters ever. Any entrepreneur is gambling on himself. And essentially, Pete Rose was doing that same thing gambling on his own team, gambling on his own performance. What's the big deal? You know, I mean, look back at it that way. I have no problem with what Pete Rose did whatsoever. I think it should not be held against him. It was just a fact that the rules say that you're not allowed to gamble as a professional athlete. But time. but you look at what he did on the field. He never, like, to my knowledge, he never did steroids when he was playing. So who really gives a shit what he did as a manager? You got to let him in before you let in guys like Bonds and McGuire and guys like that yeah. who did things that affected their play on the field. Mm-hmm. And so the only end game to this is you let them all in. The only question is, how is it going to happen? Okay, but but my, they're all they're all Hall of Famers. My, Nobody would ever dispute My that. issue now is, though, why is there different rules for different guys? Because we all know David Ortiz had a positive PED test, but yet we're over here talking about Barry Bonds and everything. Every Mark McGuire, all that. 
why do those guys not get clumped in with so, all with Dorothy Dorothy? Why is this? Why is he separate from? So all I can't that? really say Sammy Sosa. I could probably say Marco Bar in this category. So I saw, I, t- I saw a tweet. It's kind of interesting when I read it, but it was basically listing out each guy that hasn't gone in the Hall of Fame yet. A Rod, uh, Barry Bonds, <laughs> some other guys, and it was, oh, did this? Has this record? Was a dick to the media. Was a dick to the media. Was a dick to the media. Poppy, great, fabulous, wonderful. Okay, all the way around. I'll just say fuck the media. Who cares well, what they? But think? that's the thing is they have the vote. If they have the vote, this is going to be the issue. Sure. What happened with Tio? Why wasn't Tio in the Hall of Fame right away? Because he was a show, mm-hmm. and people didn't like it. The voters didn't like him, and that's why Tio Tio's like, I'm not going to your Hall of Fame deal because I'm already yeah. in the Hall of Fame at my house. So but here's the other thing with David it's Ortiz. The same damn thing. If you let him in and you're a writer and you have a vote and you really, really like David Ortiz because he was nice to you, this is another way to shun guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens who you hate because you're you're just basically thumbing your nose to them because David Ortiz did the same the same thing, but you know, we like David Ortiz, we don't like you. We don't like you, Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. We don't like you, Roger Clemens. So you guys can all go to hell and wait another ten years. But it's a it's a very soft world, though, if we're allowing the media and just, their their of their feelings to be affected by you know way they're treated by a certain player. Performance on the field should always matter the most to me. Just like To, for instance, as you just yeah. mentioned, To is one of the top statistically, you know, seven eight receivers of all time, and so that should have never made an impact on him at all. The biggest impacts you get out of this is off-the-field issues, mainly, right? If, if there's any charges, dismeanors, uh, whatever the hell it was, um, or steroids, right? PEDs, and you weren't treating the media right. You wouldn't answer the media. Uh, Poppy answered the media, and that's why he was highly favored, and they're like, oh, okay, whatever, forgive you. Wait till, wait till Rogers retires, gets the Hall of Fame vote, and it depends who's in there. Who's making the vote? Well, hopefully Pat McAfee is, so that way he can get in when he deserves to in so, five years. It's it's unfortunately comes down, a.k.a. why old, uh, Buster gave up his vote, because he's like, this is just both. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. They're it's all just, going to just, get in. Everybody's going to get in. Just another reason why everybody says baseball is failing. It's because of crap like this. Let's not turn the Hall of Fame into the Pro Bowl, where it's a popularity contest of who's a nice guy. It needs to be a thing where... The best players deserve to be in the Dude, Hall of Fame. Dude, at, at this point, none of those writers should have any votes. It, this should be a player. Like, it should be former oh, yeah. players. Yeah. Either former players and or current players should have all of the votes because the writers are a joke. They don't know shit about baseball. All they know is how they hate about – all they know is how much they hate mm-hmm. a, a certain player personally. They don't care about what they did on the field. It, it's a personal issue. And that's why all of their votes should be taken away permanently. We shouldn't let their feelings and all that affect the reality of where we're at within, you know, the game. So, uh, guys, any final thoughts before we wrap it up here? Ah, oh, man. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Uh, he says Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I say, uh, I think Mizzou won uh, recently. Did they beat Auburn? I don't know. You know, I don't what? know. Maybe, I think I'm making that up too. No Maybe it's wishful thinking. Well, they, I don't know. they were only down by one yesterday, so. Who knows? Who knows? How about uh, how about Norfolk State? Did Missouri ever beat them? 
I, mi- I missed uh, out on that. I think they still lost again. They still lost. They'll, they'll, yeah. lose, they'll lose again if it ever comes down to it. So, no, <laughs> I have full faith in Missouri to lose every game that they need to be losing in, in all oh, kinds of tournaments. Man. So, uh, But, guys, before we uh, get out of here, I want to give a big old tomahawk chop for you out there. Chiefs coming up game, 2 p.m. obviously coming up against yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals. As we all stated earlier, Tanner and I, we were on the same page. We got the Bengals covering. We got the over on that game. Yes. Um, so, anyways, guys, if you want to check back in, at the beginning of the show, we put our official easy money bet of the week out there, JG did. And so check back in out there and give us a like and follow. And uh, we'll be here every damn Wednesday, guys. We ain't going anywhere, even in the off season. That's Even right. in the offseason, we're going to be talking Chiefs, talking draft, talking free agency, talking baseball, we're talking everything. God damn it. All right. Well, that's it. I'll see you all on the next one. Go Chiefs!